0: If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast
1: for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not so great content on Disney Plus as
0: well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show,
1: and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney, P-L-U-S, Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast?
2: Do you like
1: sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak.
0: And we welcome you to episode 283 of the Sports Yak podcast, the
1: Jim Cott episode. Big Jim Cott. Cott, K A A T. Double A name. But a major league pitcher, 283 career wins for Jim Cott, who pitched for the Minnesota Twins, the Chicago White Sox, the Cardinals, among others. Would you like to hear my brush with Jim Cott? Of course I would. It's story time with Uncle Chuck. So Uncle Chuck is working for ESPN at the College World Series. The College World Series is a grueling event for broadcasters because you have multiple games per day. Uh, Lots of times there's rain delays involved in Omaha. It just, it takes its toll. So you get towards the end of the second week and finally there's a day off. At which point the ESPN crew that was there, that I was part of, decides we're going to hold our own little softball game. Now, in said softball game, there's... There are stats kept, because it, it's ESPN. Of course there is. There's a box score the whole thing. Was it televised? <laughs> uh, it should have been. It should have been. So it's a slow-pitch softball game. The pitcher for one team is Jim Cott. The pitcher for the other team, yours truly. Oh, wow. And my team won, so I wish I still had a copy of the box score that they put out. WP Freebie, LP Cot. <laughs> I'm one and zero against 283 Major League Game winner Jim Cot in my career.
0: Anybody else on those teams that we would remember? Or?
1: Uh, Joe Morgan did not play in the game. He was playing tennis that day. Oh, yeah. well. Wow. Sorry, Joe, that you couldn't be a team player. <laughs> but get- that was typical. Family Broadcasting Corporation. The in
2: association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents oh SportsYak. Oh one host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good. It's, good. it's good. Here's your host,
0: Corey Mann.
2: Get your big butt out of here!
0: And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer,
2: this one will be
0: relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Let's get this episode underway. Notre Dame women's basketball.
1: Ouch. Man, this season for the Irish, they could easily be 12-3 right now. Instead, they're 8-7. Sunday, they blow their fourth fourth quarter lead of the season. They had a 15-point lead in this game at Syracuse. Things are clicking. Sam Burnell is playing well. The freshman Olivia Miles making her debut played about seven minutes, racked up some good numbers, and then the fourth quarter comes along. And, boy, the Irish just, they not only pumped the brakes, they hit them and went careening into the ditch. 23-4, Syracuse outscores Notre Dame in the fourth quarter. The Irish lose 81-69. to They're now 8-7 and seven on the year. Syracuse has... Uh, a big girl by the name of Carmilla Card- Cardoso. She is six foot seven. She's a freshman. She had nine block shots in this game, including four in the fourth quarter, that really kind of turned the game around. The Irish got very timid after having four shots blocked in the fourth quarter, and Syracuse took advantage. And so, they outscored Notre Dame twenty three four in the fourth quarter and go on to win it. Irish shot two of fourteen in the final quarter. It it's just it's tough to observe this team and see the talent that's on this team. But again, Corey, I I think we've talked about this before. There's nobody on this team that has emerged as the leader. Has emerged as that person to. To take charge To take the bull by the horns when things get tough And part of it is Okay, you've got these transfers That have come in from other places You've got a first year coach Who's doing things a little bit differently Than Muffett did Not totally, but a little bit And then you've got These young players Who just They have not figured out how to win On the road yet And that's troubling because this, this was a winnable game. There have been other winnable games. Like I said earlier, could be 12-3 and three right now. You're 8-7. and seven. You still have two games left with the team that's number one in the country, Louisville, and one game with the team that was number two last week. They'll fall this week. But North Carolina State, well, those are three you're probably not going to win. So Notre Dame may have a tough time getting to the NCAA tournament this year with a team that really could have and should have. Okay. Let's talk about what's happening in East Lansing. Here's another team that's on the struggle bus. I mean, Tom Izzo's team got blasted last week by Rutgers, and it didn't get any better in Columbus yesterday. as number 13 Ohio State beat the Michigan State Spartans 79-62. So Sparty is now 8-6. and six. And only two and six in the Big Ten. Do you realize Tom Izzo has never had a losing record in the conference.
0: But didn't you say previous episodes he's the one to watch for when it comes to when it's March Madness? Like never you count get this there. guy out.
1: You got to get there first, though. They're eight and six. They're two and six in the league. I don't know that they're an NCAA tournament team right now. Yeah, if. if I didn't expect them to get blown out by thirty at Rutgers. Yesterday that that's not such a bad loss losing on the road to Ohio State. They're a top fifteen team. Were they uh were they dealing with some COVID stuff a little while ago? Yes, and and they had twenty days off because of okay. COVID. And maybe it, that plays a it shows. Yeah. Which which begs the question what's gonna happen when Michigan comes back? You know, Michigan's in the middle of this 14-day quarantine mandated by the state. And what's going to happen to Jawan Howard's team when they come back? Which makes, while March Madness is always somewhat unpredictable, it looks even more unpredictable this season. Now, Gonzaga and Baylor continue to cruise along, 1-2 as they have been for most of the year. Villanova got a big win over the weekend. They're number three. But I'm telling you right now, it, it is it's tough to predict what's gonna happen in college basketball. I'll tell you who, once again, played well at home is Purdue. Purdue on Saturday night is playing Minnesota. They get down by double digits early. But Brandon Newman, the kid out of Valparaiso High School, had a big second half with 21 of his career-high 29 in the second half. Travion Williams, that double-double machine, 17 points, 14 rebounds. And Purdue comes back to beat Minnesota and beat them rather handily, 81-62. to So... The Boilermakers always good at Mackey Arena. That was their 800th career game in Mackey Arena. They're 656 and 144 at home. You don't often go into that place and get the better of the Boilermakers, whether it's Gene Cady or Matt Painter coaching the team. And Matt Painter's squad played very, very well. Other night. Now they've got to turn around and go on the road to Maryland tomorrow night in a game that we'll have for you on 103.1 FM, tip-off at 6.30. So we'll see how the Boilermakers do. We'll see how IU does. They're the second half of our doubleheader tomorrow night. Uh, 9 p.m. tip-off at home against a highly regarded Illinois team, which is coming off a big win over Iowa on Friday night. I don't like the looks of it for Archie's squad Which Indiana team will we see? Will we see the one that played so well in beating Iowa at Iowa? Or will we see the one that spit the bit against Rutgers? (laughs) And then somebody figure out Notre Dame men's basketball. I mean, Saturday night, they looked like a machine. They just went into the Peterson Events Center and destroyed Pitt. I mean, absolutely destroyed Pittsburgh in a game that absolutely nobody saw coming. I mean, offensive efficiency, moving the ball, Jawan Durham a big night, Prentice Hub, Nate Leschewski, Dane Goodwin, all looking the way that Mike Bray told us they were going to look at the beginning of the year. Um, they haven't looked like this at all this year. They're six and nine now after this win over Pitt, but we had not seen that kind of performance out of the Irish all season. Not even in their in their supposed big win over Kentucky. They looked like that for half uh, on this night. They looked like it for the whole game. So, is that a sign of things to come, or is it just a pleasant blip on an otherwise dismal radar?
0: They've got a consistency problem.
1: Yeah. And, okay. and really, honestly, if you look across college basketball, that's been the case for the majority of teams this year, is finding consistency, and the ones who have consistency are the ones you're finding in the top ten.
0: Let's take it up a notch, get into the NBA, Pacers lose to Philadelphia
1: last night. Yeah, Philadelphia playing without Joel Embiid, Pacers playing at home, you think, oh, they've got a pretty good chance in this game, but... They had no answers for Tobias Harris last night. He had 27. And Philadelphia winds up winning 119-110. Of course, the Sixers, one of the top teams, if not the top team, in the East. I know Milwaukee has a say in that. Uh, but I I think Philadelphia is playing pretty well right now. I think Elton Brand's done a nice job putting together that roster. Having an established coach like Doc Rivers really helps that franchise. I think he can gives a an air of stability to that team that they didn't have before. And Indiana, they're still trying to find itself. I mean, you know, this is this is vintage pacers. They look terrific one night and then they don't look so hot the next night. Another team kind of looking for consistency and of course adjusting to life after Victor Oladipo. Did you happen to see the Bulls game Saturday night? I'm sorry I did not. So the Bulls trailed Portland at one time by 19. They come back, and Zach Levine hits three of his 26 on a topside triple with about 15 seconds left, puts them up five. They're playing Portland. Dame Lillard takes a shot from the Bulls logo 37 feet away from the basket and drains it to bring Portland within two with six seconds left. The Bulls inbounded, and Levine can't find anybody open, gets tied up by Gary Trent Jr., jump ball. Now, in the NBA, they still have jump balls. It's not the held ball alternating possession. Portland wins the tip, but they're kind of bobbling it and struggling and kicking it around, and it winds up in the hands of Dame Lillard, about, I'd say, 25 feet from the basket. He's outside three-point range. Lowry Markkinen is guarding him. Seven-footer on Lillard. Portland needs a two to tie, a three to win it. Lillard takes a step-back three from 25 over the outstretched hands of Markkinen, and it finds nothing but the bottom of the net. Six points in the last nine seconds, and the Bulls somehow snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory and lose by one to Portland. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss for the Bulls.
0: My son pulls up the NBA teams on Friday night and starts walking me through each mascot and asks me why that mascot for that team. Okay. Uh, There was a couple I stumbled on. Can I throw them past you? You can try.
1: The Atlanta Hawks. Why the Hawks? They moved from St. Louis, and they were the St. Louis Hawks there.
0: Okay. Is Hawk a big uh,
1: St. Louis bird? I believe so. Okay. Uh, Raptors. The Toronto Raptors. You have to remember when the Toronto franchise was created. um, It was in the 90s.
0: Jurassic Park, yeah. but yeah, that's I kind of figured that might be it, yeah, uh, I said the bulls were because of the financial district, yes, you're correct, yeah,
1: remember, so Chicago already had the bears, bulls and bears are kind of financial terms, you've got yes. the commodities district there, yes, okay,
0: raptors, bulls, hawks, uh, I think that was it, yeah. I scored pretty high, though. I got yeah. three wrong.
1: Yeah, you did very Or three very I didn't know.
0: Three I didn't know. Do you know where you're going Friday night?
1: Do I know where I'm going to? Do I like the things that life is showing you? <laughs> where am I going to? Do I know? Um, I'm sorry. I had to throw in a little 70s reference you there. to make the show it there, boy. <laughs> very valid. <laughs> yes, we're going to Goshen on Friday night. We have girls' sectional action on Friday night. The Goshen sectional has four of the top 40 teams in the Sagarin ratings in the sectional field. Penn is still considered the favorite. They're ranked number three in the state. They're ranked number two in the Sagarins. But on the bottom side of the bracket, you have Northridge, which is ranked number 40 in the Sagarin ratings. They have the bye, so we know they're playing Friday night. And they'll play the winner of Goshen and Warsaw, who are 39th and 33rd in the respectively, respectfully. Um, Goshen beat Warsaw during the regular season, and Goshen is the Northern Lakes Conference champ, and they're playing at home. So one would think that they're the favorite, but it was a close game with Warsaw the first time around. So we'll see if Lenny Krebs Tigers can respond and perhaps knock off Goshen on its home court Either way, whether it's Goshen in Northridge or Warsaw in Northridge, it should be a really good girls' basketball game on Friday night. Okay. Northridge is a fun team to watch. I caught some of their game with Plymouth last week, and Northridge likes to get the ball up and down the floor. So it won't be just people standing around most of the time. There's going to be some action in the game, and, and that's always good to see. As far as the boys' side is concerned of high school basketball, boy, it was an interesting weekend. Let's start on Friday night, the game that we had. Warsaw knocked off Northwood to keep their hopes alive in the Northern Lakes Conference 47-42. And it was a really good weekend for Matt Moore's Tigers to turn around and win at Elkhart on a Jackson Gould shot with 2.6 seconds left Saturday night and beat the Lions 57-56, so Warsaw suddenly 10-7 on the year. The NIC race, Adams had no problems with John Glenn on Friday night. Then they went to number 10 Warren Central and wound up losing by about 6, I believe, on Saturday. But I thought Adams did a really good job in that game. They were down by 15 or 16 at one time in the fourth quarter, chiseled it back to a three-point game where they had the ball, just couldn't get the shot to drop and then had to foul late, and that's how the, the lead expanded to six for Warren Central. But I thought Chad Johnston's team, even though it suffered its first loss of the season, learned a lot of things that will help it come tournament time. They still have a challenging schedule coming up here, including Michigan City on Saturday at Hathaway Shack, and which should be a fascinating game. The big upset of the weekend... Came over in Rolling Prairie, where New Prairie knocked off St. Joseph by one. A long pass to break the press to Hunter Smith, and he got the bucket in the bump. J.R. Kinesny missed the back end of a one-and-one that would have tied the game and send it into overtime. And so New Prairie beat St. Joe, and then they turned around and beat South Central on Saturday night. Had to come from behind to do it but a very good weekend for Mike Bauer's team. And now the NIC race has Adams on top, undefeated in the league, but they have only a one-game lead over South Bend Riley, and those two teams will play on February 19th. Also in high school basketball over the weekend, Northridge. What a shooting display they put on, Corey. Where at? They were at home against Plymouth. They took 45 shots in the game. 36 of those shots were three-pointers, and they hit 23 of them. 23 of 36 from three-point range, 8 of 9 from two-point range, and 4 of 8 at the foul line. They scored 89 points on just 45 shots, and they beat Plymouth 89-49. to Carter Stoltzfus, man, what a game he had. He hit nine of those three-pointers and finished with 32 points. And then the other team that gets a tip of the old chapeau would be the Westview Warriors, who in double overtime knocked off Eastside 65-61. So Ed Bentley's team still sits undefeated in the Northeast Corner Conference. Westview, a real
0: town in Indiana, unlike on Disney Plus with WandaVision, not a real town. Westview, a real town.
1: Well, Westview is not the town. It's Topeka.
0: You know what I mean. Topeka, that's down south, right? No, it's over to the
1: east. It's over in LaGrange County. Oh, is it? Yeah. Past LaGrange or in front of? Mm, I think past. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to talk a little hockey there? We can because the Blackhawks picked up a nice win yesterday, 3 1. They seem to have found themselves a goaltender, and then they may have themselves a new star, this pious suitor kid. Seems to play well on Sundays. He had a hat trick the previous Sunday. Had the go-ahead goal yesterday in the third. Patrick Keene added his fourth goal of the year. A little bit later on, the Hawks beat Columbus by a count of 3-1. to one. Don't get deceived, though, by the Hawks' place in the standings. We, we kind of kidded around last week and said, hey, they're in second place. They're in third. They have played so many more games than most of the teams behind them in the standings for whatever reason. And uh, the Hawks will be plummeting the standings as the season goes along. But they are playing better. You enjoy the victories while you can get them. And maybe, just maybe, they can at least contend for a playoff spot this year. Uh, the Red Wings will not be contending for anything. They lost to Florida yesterday by a count of 3-2. to two. As for Notre Dame hockey, over the weekend they split on the road at Penn State. They lost on Thursday night, 2-1, came back and won in overtime on Friday, 3-2. So not a bad weekend for Jeff Jackson's squad.
0: How about we end with some Major League Baseball
1: headlines? Well, I don't think we'll end with it, but we can talk with Major League Baseball because I want to talk about that Matthew Stafford trade as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But let's, let's go with some Major League Baseball because here's the thing that's going on right now. Spring training is supposed to start pretty much 16 days from now. Okay. It's scheduled to start February 17th. Major League Baseball, because of COVID concerns, wants to delay spring training until March 22nd, delay the season until April 28th. The season's supposed to start April 1st. Major League Baseball still wants to play 154 games in a season despite starting a month later. The players' union says, "Mm, we don't like the sounds of that because that means more double-headers, fewer off days, things like that. If things were normal, what's a
0: usual off day? Just like one day in between games? What's like the most amount of time?
1: Well, you only usually get one day between games. One day. The all-star break is kind of your your big three- or four-, sometimes five-day break. Okay. But those those one days, you tend to have maybe four or five of them a month. Yeah. Well, now you're not going to have time for four or five of them in a month if you're going to play a 154-game schedule that doesn't start until April 28th. And so the union is saying – Look, the idea is to get us ready for the season. We don't know what places are going to be allowed to have fans in the stands and things like that because the whole vaccine and everything. Let's just, let's just go and play. You, you've got us all ramped up for February 17th. Now this late, you want to pull the plug and move it a month later? No, thank you. Let's play February 17th. Let's start the season on time April 1st. 162 games. Now, some people think, oh, well, the players are upset because with 154 games they wouldn't get paid as much. That's not the case. The the owners would pay a full 162-game season schedule, even with 154. The owners are saying we want fans in the stands. We need fans in the stands. Yeah. We need ticket revenue. We need concession revenue. We need all of that. And by delaying, there's a greater chance that we can have that. I It's a I, gamble, isn't it? It is. Because, okay, if you do that, what's to say you get to March 22nd and things aren't any better? Yeah. And then how far back do you push it? and how many games do you start cutting off the schedule and then how many how much money do the players lose so i get both sides of this right now however i don't think anything's going to change the players kind of have hand in this in that the schedule is set unless they agree to have the owners uh, agree to the owners demands to push back things will start on time The only way the owners could stop that is by locking the players out, and I don't think the owners want that kind of publicity right now. Corey is looking up something.
0: As you were talking, uh, I'm preparing myself for Matthew Stafford because if 12-year-old Corey is thinking about a Detroit lying going to the West Coast to play for the Rams, Mm -hmm. one wonders if a Detroit native can adjust to California living. But I mean that's not I mean he could live anywhere. He just happens to play in that town. Right. So he I'm just gonna grew curious, up in Georgia. I was gonna say where you know you're born in Tampa, Florida, went to Georgia. Um what do you think, man?
1: You you read that and you go, is that a good fit or did you go, oops. There there are a lot of moving pieces to this thing. First of all, I think the Rams overpaid for Matthew Stafford. The Rams are sending Jared Goff, a third-round pick in this year's draft, and two first-round picks, one in 2022 and one in 2023, to the Lions for 32-year-old Matthew Stafford. Now, the Rams believe they are built to win right now, and that's why they want Matthew Stafford. They, quite frankly, think Matthew Stafford is that much better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff took the Rams to a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. Jared Goff is only 25 years old. But I think what the Lions get out of this is not just Jared Goff, because let's face it, the Lions aren't winning next year the Lions get extra pieces to help rebuild their franchise. First-round draft picks, you have question on how much value they have and how much value a first-round draft pick has based on how good your general manager is. The Lions are putting faith that their general manager will use those first-round draft picks wisely and rebuild their franchise. Corey, this is the first time in NFL history that two overall number one picks, Matthew Stafford was the number one pick of the draft the year he came out by the Lions, and Jared Goff was the number one pick of the draft the year he came out by the Rams. It's the first time two number one picks have been traded for one another. Hmm. So Fascinating. Stafford, and here's the other thing about him. Now, granted, it's be, some people say, well, it's because he played for the Lions. He's never won a playoff game. You don't know what his postseason pedigree is going to be. You don't know how he's going to react in the biggest of games because he's never played in them. So there's an unknown there as well. By the way, you'll hear this fun fact a lot. Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback, and Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers ace, were high school teammates. Oh, okay. So. The buddies are living close
0: together again.
1: Yeah. And you'll hear that only with every Rams game next year. (laughs) So we might as well get that out of the way.
0: We don't get to see a lot of Rams games in the Midwest, do we?
1: Not as many. No. Now, here's, here's the other thing, though. Here's the other can of worms that this opens up, Corey. Because now the price has been set in the quarterback market. The Lions, for Matthew Stafford, got two number one picks, a number three pick, and a starting quarterback. What do you think the Houston Texans will get for Deshaun Watson <laughs> if they decide to trade him? I, I don't know. What's the math? Well, would you say Deshaun Watson has more value as a quarterback than Matthew Stafford? Mm,
0: and how long has he been
1: in the league? He's 25, 26 years old. So he's
0: a young buck. How
1: far did the Texans make in the playoffs this year? Now, this year they were 4-12. and 12. I mean, they've been to the playoffs before. and And let's face it, we've heard the hue and cry from the Bears fans. About not having Deshaun Watson and having Mitch Trubisky.
0: I think Matthew Stafford is worth more
1: than Deshaun right now. I would tend to agree so. I think Matthew Stafford, you know what you're getting there. Deshaun Watson, I'm not so sure you know what you're getting. I think you're, if you're trading for Deshaun Watson, you're trading on some flashes you've seen and potential, but you really don't know for certain what you're getting. But that's a hefty price that the Rams paid to get Matthew Stafford. So you wonder what the Texans might be able to get in exchange for Deshaun Watson. And how many other quarterbacks are going to be changing jerseys this year? You know, the Bears have made it pretty well known that Mitch is persona non grata. So they're looking for somebody else. Great album by the police, by the way. Who else might be moving? Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there was that talk. But Aaron Rodgers has pretty much come out since that post-game press conference he had Mm -hmm. and said, don't read too much into that. That that was a player disappointed that his season ended and the way it ended. Okay. But I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I don't see Ben Roethlisberger leaving Pittsburgh. You know, are the Cowboys what are they going to do with Dak Prescott? That's a question. What are the Falcons going to do with Matt Ryan? Do they feel like he has value in a trade that could bring back something like Stafford brought back? At least Matt Ryan has gotten to a Super Bowl. What's uh, the Col- What are the Colts doing again? We don't know. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. We know Phillip Rivers is retired. We don't know what the Colts are going to go do. Who's the redhead that played for the Eagles? Well, are um, you talking Andy Dalton? Are you talking Carson Wentz? Wentz. What's he doing right now? Well, there's a new coach for the Eagles. A lot of people believe that new coach is there because of Carson Wentz. Okay, That Carson Wentz drove out the old coach, which would make you think that the owner is on Carson Wentz's side, so he's probably staying with the Eagles. But I would think that this offseason, maybe more than any offseason that we have seen, will have tremendous quarterback movement in the National Football League. All right. What do you have
0: for overrated, underrated? As the Sunday night winded down, we wanted something light and easy before bedtime. We went to Disney Plus and we chose big business from 1988. Lily Tomlin, Bette Midler. I give you the full collective works of Bette Midler, actress and singer-performer. Underrated or overrated?
1: It's funny you should bring her up. Um, I was listening to... There's- Stations air old American top 40s over the weekends. Yes. And there was one airing from the 70s where Casey Kasem described Bette Midler as a rising star on the nightclub circuit in 1973. Yeah, that would be a year after her first record. And she obviously did more than the nightclub circuit as her career wound on. She did. I would still say overrated. Yeah. I just think she, clearly, The Rose was a superb hit. She has shown an ability to do a variety of musical genres. Obviously, she loves herself the ballad. But I think more than that, she loves herself some her.
0: I would agree. (laughs) I would agree with that. My wife's favorite movie is Beaches. Okay. Uh, I came into Top 40 Radio right there in Wind Beneath My Wings and From a Distance. Oh, yeah. So I played those bad boys a lot. I would say overrated as well. Because I went back and I was like, what was the last time she was in a movie that I wanted to see?
1: Now, I will say this. Have you ever seen the Billy Crystal Bette Midler movie Parental Guidance? I have not. I think you would enjoy that movie. Yeah. Now, it has more to do with Billy Crystal than it does with Bette Midler, Mm -hmm. but it's still an enjoyable movie. Okay. And an ending that really makes you think. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to see it. Now I have to see it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go overrated as well.
1: It was a punchline to a joke this morning on the morning corny. But I throw this out there for overrated, underrated, for the candy aficionados, the Jolly Rancher. You know, they're a
0: delightful candy, but, man, if you get a bad one that's, like, been sitting for a while, a little stuck to its own wrapper, a little on the sticky side, I'm going to go overrated.
1: See, I'm going to go underrated, and here's why. Because I think... That is one of the few candies as a broadcaster, I can just sample a little bit and it kind of gets the saliva in the right place. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you can speak clearly and not have spittle going all over the place.
0: For some reason, I find you to be a a creature of habit. Do you have a candy or a gum that has to be Part of your repertoire when no. calling a game? No. Are you a gum guy during the game? No, oh, definitely not. Mint? No. But Jolly Rancher, in case you're drying up, you pop one of those you in. You can pop
1: one of those in. Do you bring uh, one? I, uh, I usually have a couple in my pocket.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Flavor of choice?
1: Not really. Uh, lime or cherry, I would say. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a good go-to for me. Okay. The Jolly Rancher. And who did I learn that from? Vin Scully. Yeah. And if it's good enough for Vin Scully, pal, it's good enough for me. Do you have Hulu? I can't remember. Uh no. We I mean, I have I don't have live Hulu. Because Hulu has live sports. Thank you, Dame Lillard. Um, you just have regular Hulu?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: In and of itself.
0: In, in and in of, of itself. itself. The guy's name escapes me. Delgadio, Gaudio, maybe. It is a performance, 90 minutes. Prepare to have your mind blown. Okay.
1: One more for overrated, underrated.
0: Okay. Tim McGraw. Oh, boy. Tim McGraw. Boy, if you love country music, I, I find him to be... Uh, there's nothing wrong with that guy. I've seen him once in concert. Yeah. Saw him and Kenny Chesney together at, down at uh, where the uh, Colts play. Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Great performer. People seem to love him. Um, you know what you're going to get? I'd go down the middle, kind of down the middle. Boy, he's physically fit too, man. He is. Oh, he's jacked. Rock solid.
1: Yeah. I would say underrated just because I think he's been able to throw just enough acting into his repertoire to make him, we've talked on recent shows about what makes somebody an entertainer. Yes, I think the fact that he can—he's actually that, pretty good. Yeah, that he can sing, that he can act. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty decent sense of humor. I—I I would say, I would say underrated.
0: Uh, speaking of actors, singers crossing over or whatever, there's a movie called Palmer on Apple TV right now with Justin Timberlake. It's an adult movie. Let me preface that. Okay. So there's some language. He's not bad. But the kid that's with him in the movie, it's his first movie, knocked it out of the park.
1: Weren't they talking about that movie on, when we, and when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, when we're in the studio doing our radio show, we have a monitor on. We can't hear anything that's on the monitor, but Corey keeps the monitor on in case some national disaster Yeah were to happen it's happened before yes <laughs> i understand i understand why the monitor's on and yeah. usually i'll be honest usually the monitor drives me nuts but <laughs> yeah uh this morning the panda sliding were a great joy and the other thing was getting back to your point uh timberlake and this kid were on the Today show recently weren't yeah, they? yeah they've been making the rounds yeah. yes
0: the young kid, uh, it, it's just about fitting in and being an individual. And Justin Timberlake gets out of prison after about 12 years. Um, and he, he's pretty locked into whatever he's doing, kind of a quiet introvert guy. But the kid is really special. But it's an adult film, adult language adult material there's a couple there's a couple spots that actually could have been edited out it didn't help the story at all yeah but it was it was a decent movie my wife's like wow surprised me i was like yeah it's pretty good but i'm telling you on hulu in and of itself and do me one small favor put the phone down in a while you're watching it you have to pay attention to what you're watching you can't be casual you've got to pay attention
1: you're really coming at my life, aren't you?
0: Oh, I know how you work. <laughs> put it put it across. You might be tempted to check a score. Give it 90 I'm seconds.
1: Always, give it 90 minutes. I'm always tempted to check a score. That's how we stay on top of things. No. 90 minutes. All right. And bring
0: Diane into the room. I think she'll like it. It's, it's something. I've never seen anything like it before.
1: Hmm. Yeah. All right uh
0: does that about do it yeah it feels good about this uh hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode as we say i'll say it again fifty nine thousand plus downloads in 2020 that's not bad that was nice for a couple of nobodies in the middle of a cornfield i'll tell you that much uh you never miss an episode if you hit subscribe rate and review you're You're on on twitter Twitter right aren't you (laughs) i am i make gifs at my name is Corey. what about you
1: i'm at 46 sports where i'm checking my phone for scores to relay to you
0: Just for 90 minutes, put it away. Put it away. All right. All right. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga,
1: Jim Cott, you losing
2: pitcher, you. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack. Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.